0: Welcome to The Sovereignty, a royal gossip podcast. As always, all statements are our own opinions unless otherwise sourced or noted. The Sovereignty. There we go. Now we are.
1: (laughs) <laughs> hey guys, it's Alex and Allison, and we are back with the Sovereignty. Sovereign, whoa,
0: whoa, the podcast, which I did not say last episode.
1: I literally said like Sovereign Teen. I'm like losing my talking ability, but anyway, yes, it's a Crown recap of season four, episode three, titled "The Fairy Tale." But we are going to start with a couple like housekeeping, current event topics. Yep. And I think you um, wanted to start.
0: Yeah. Just uh, it was announced the other day that Zara, which is Princess Anne's daughter, is pregnant with her third child. Now she did suffer two miscarriages while attempting to get pregnant for with her second child. So this is like, they're so excited for them. Her husband, Mike, announced it. He's like a big rugby player and he announced it on, on a podcast thing. They just had the scan Um, So congratulations to them. I'm so excited.
1: Super exciting. Um, Today I was just getting random news while I was listening to Taylor Swift's new album because that's how I live my life. And um, for some reason I kept getting alerts about Harry, Prince Harry's royal biographer, like talking on behalf of them and then like basically slamming him a little bit in regards to um, a speech he recently gave. And I don't have the details exactly of the speech, but he was speaking about climate change and water conservation. And so Piers Morgan, as always, comes right in because he can't get over Megan ghosting him or whatever happened there. Um, And he's like, they have 16 bathrooms. They really shouldn't be talking about water conservation. And I will give him some some pass on the fact that like it's really hard to take conservation recommendations from someone who has like a giant McMansion in California with 16 bathrooms I get it like do they need them all do they house all their staff there I don't think so but it's it's a it's you know but he just can't let it go and it makes me laugh and giggle quite a bit but there's this woman named Angela Levin And so she was the hired biographer for Prince Harry's book that came out in 2018. And I think she was appointed, I'm assuming she was appointed by either courtiers or staff because she has to be vetted out by any communications team Mm -hmm. based on how, if you're pro Harry and Meghan, you believe that those people like kind of have it out for them. If you're not, or somewhere in the middle, you think that Harry and Meghan probably like are awful or, you know, selfish and greedy somewhere in that range. Um, Angela keeps talking about how she feels that the crown is an attack to get rid of the Royal family and, um, because it's portraying them negatively and they're still alive. So she's, but she keeps like, if you go to her Twitter, she, all of her posts are about like how negative Harry and Megan is. And like today it is like Harry must, has to walk on eggshells every time he talks to Megan and then links to like an express UK, like article. Wait,
0: shouldn't she be their friends?
1: One would think. So I don't know. It's very interesting to me that because she's like, I know Harry. I was the vetted biographer, but she is like constantly attacking them on Twitter and in all articles and speaking out like she's the go-to so I don't know if she's just like one of those diehard like they've disrespected the monarchy so they must be like removed forever or mm-hmm. what it is but it's really interesting and I keep getting alerts about it but I do find it funny that they're like the crown is like ruining the royal family and like it's trying to get the monarchy removed and I'm like no and also as a backup Netflix did not put out a disclaimer that was like a hoax you. but no, but I do enjoy it. And they've been kind of cheeky about it, but there was no official disclaimer. Um, but the, the show was really good. And I think you wanted to mention that this specific episode that we'll be talking about is a lot more editorial.
0: Oh, yes. So, okay. So you guys have been here for the last few episodes. Alex goes ahead and she recaps the episode and I talk about what was historically accurate or inaccurate. But Obviously, The Crown is a work of fiction, and <laughs> yes. it, it's based. It, it has its roots in historical events, but we can't sit here and know every conversation that they've had. So, this one, especially with you know Diana and her time at, at the Buckingham Palace before the wedding, like we don't actually know what happened. Um, so, really, all we have to go on is the book Diana in Her Own Words by Andrew Morton, um, where she had recorded a bunch of stuff. But you also have to remember that came out in 1992 when she was trying to get a divorce. And so you could also read Prince, uh, The Prince of Wales, a biography, and I need to grab the Author. Know, the one. author of that, but it's not available in Kindle edition. And so <laughs> I had to order it used and it won't be here until Sunday. Um, um but I No, I think you have them. to take
1: it all with a grain of salt, and we'll be talking about it from the perspective of observers of this episode. Um, it's very hard, like it's a hard episode to watch. Um mm-hmm. it, for a lot of reasons. And the title of it being fairy tale is obviously tongue in cheek, because it's like truly no. hell. So I wanna give um A little bit of a trigger warning ahead of the episode that like disordered eating is pictured. And there's a warning at the beginning of the Netflix documentary that they say um, we are mentioning Princess Diana's eating disorder occasionally throughout this episode. And um, oh, sorry, that was me reading my own moment. Okay, but they have a message just saying that there's an eating disorder. And if you have any questions or if you're struggling with mental health around this or this topic, there's a website they link to called wantatalkaboutit.com. And it's W-A-N-N-A, like wanna, not want to. So, um, of course, we, you know, are supportive in any resources in that regards. And if that is a topic, we'll give a little warning ahead of time, you know, just to skip ahead, I glance over it. Pretty quickly, because I, I don't think there's any like...
0: I have some stuff about it.
1: Okay. I
0: Then you please yeah. talk
1: about it, because I didn't I really, really...
0: Give a little warning there.
1: Yeah. So um, we're starting at Windsor Castle. It's 1981. Diana is leaving and getting into a very small 80s car, like an old beat up kind of just like, I don't know, it looks like a golf. I, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't even know what it is, but it, I wish
0: I did. I feel um, like she had a Honda. Do you I, think? I think so because when I was – guys, I've been doing a lot of reading like like physical hard copy books. I'm reading this book, uh, The Royals by Kitty Kelly, it, and it's like very tabloidy, but I'm obsessed. And she would switch cars as she was trying to like evade press, and they okay. said once that it was a Honda, an old Honda Civic. But I also am reading like three other books right now that aren't about the Royals, and one of those people was driving a Honda Civic.
1: What's interesting, though, also is in a later episode, you see her continuing to drive even though um, she has staff. So I'm curious if interesting um, not to give too much away, but th- I think there is an intention to show the women in control at moments. And like because we've seen the queen drive and now and mm-hmm. later see Diana still driving, even though she's followed by security. Um, so it could be a Honda later. So in this episode we see baby Charles and he's watching her drive away out of his window up in the castle. Um he puts down a toy soldier and I die inside. He's a 31-year-old man just casually holding a toy soldier. I like I it, ugh. they just try to show him as this like completely emasculated little boy always looking for approval. And I don't know if they're trying to make you feel sorry for him. I'm just embarrassed for him constantly.
0: That's a good – I do think that they are trying to evoke emotions for him. Who just casually
1: has a toy soldier on their desk at 31? I mean, granted, I do have a Funko Pop of the Queen and her little, like, Yorkie on my desk at work that I can't access due to the pandemic.
0: But – I have a Barbie dolls of Princess Diana. Are you a royal member dolls. in
1: your castle?
0: No, but it's from their wedding day and they're literally right <laughs> on my bookshelf. <laughs> Fair.
1: Um, so then we see the queen walking around and she opens her queen box, which is that like red leather box that everyone like secretly wants. Um, we see Princess Margaret getting her nails painted. We see queen mother sitting and I put, I shit you not, there is a mouse that runs across the ground. And I put a mouse. And this is my second watch of this. And I don't know how I didn't notice at the beginning. And I'm like, is it intentional? Is the castle dirty? Is this a mistake in the film? We'll never know. And so I Googled it. And it was an accident slash Easter egg. And Allison has some notes on that.
0: I do. Okay. So according to the insiders and, and the Sun, they like uh, sourced each other. Um <laughs> Good God. Okay, so this was an article written in June of 2019. An anonymous source told The Sun on Saturday that a mouse was recently seen scampering through the kitchens at Buckingham (laughs) Palace. So they – apparently the – it's an older – obviously, it's like an old castle. yes. And apparently the queen mother would use mice in Buckingham Palace for target practice during World War II when she was afraid of being captured. When Obama was visiting in 2011, there was a mouse on the loose, and his aide was like, Mr. President, um, there's a mouse on the loose, and he was writing a speech. Uh, Michelle Obama was getting ready in the next room, and he tells his aide, don't tell the first lady. So they talked to the EP, Peter Morgan, and he told the Seattle Times, um... I guess in the early – I need to go back and rewatch the earlier seasons, but a mouse was seen in the earlier seasons in the kitchen. And according to what he said to the Seattle Times, the series makes a point of showing how the royal family was a family with issues just like any other and how Buckingham Palace isn't as lavish up close as it seemed.
1: Now, I believe that wholeheartedly, and there's an episode coming up later where they kind of mention like the chipped paint and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I don't think that it's – necessarily like kept up like it looks glamorous from like far away but when you get close i believe those walls need
0: to be worked on oh completely. yeah there's been renovations consistently
1: so my so was the mouse intentionally placed then no i, don't
0: know. I, I, I what like i'm it
1: gathering was- it was an accident like from set but now hearing that i'm like it was an intention it's it's just so wonderful like
0: it's actually it's popping up a lot on the internet it's kind of cool
1: um And so we see the mouse. Okay, one second. Oh, and then Anne. We see Anne sitting with her two giant hounds, like relaxing on a couch, looking like the queen that she truly is. Can you imagine if she was heir apparent? Oh, oh, I would love it. And I put, she's so damn cool and everyone is just waiting by the phone. So it's just kind of like a bounce to bounce scene. They're trying to get all the cast and characters up the phone rings and the queen, like queen is like glowing and giddy and smiling and she picks it up and baby Charles is calling her and he says, it's done. I did it. And her face is like a little like, like that's his reaction. And we're like, what's, what did he do? What did we do? And then we see him with Diana. And I think we all understand basically that he just finished proposing as they start talking about like, Oh, he proposed. So the scene cuts back and forth between. Uh, and. Uh, princess margaret the queen and queen mother and they're like trying to like get all the like it's like a hen house not to stereotype be stereotypical but they're trying to get all the like details of this engagement the women are totally living vicariously through this and they ask for details and he proposed in in the nursery which queen mother's like that's not romantic uh someone asks if he kneeled and he says in terms of rank that he would only kneel to the sovereign and his mom's like shocked by this response. And the women are shocked too. And the queen says, it's a proposal of marriage, dear, not a show of strength. And then I put, but isn't it in a way like a show of strength? Marriage is not necessarily easy and especially this one. Um, but he confirms that she said yes. So we opened this episode with them being engaged and you had some notes about the kneeling.
0: Yeah. Um, so in some of the research I was doing, there was, I swear, one place where I saw that he did actually get down on one knee to propose, but I was reading it in passing, and I didn't uh, note the source. And when I went to go back and find it, I couldn't. So if I find it again, I will go ahead and, and say it in a later episode. Um, and she, when he proposed, she said, yes, please.
1: Oh, yes. She did say, yes, please.
0: Um, and that was – Oh, in, why? So.
1: That's such a weird response.
0: Um, well, that was in Diana from her own words. And he that, like, also – I'm going to read you guys this little um, – Excerpt from um, Diane in her own words. The actual proposal took place late that evening in the Windsor Nursery. He told her how much he had missed her while he was away skiing and then asked her to simply, asked her simply to marry him. At first she treated his request in a light-hearted way and broke into a fit of giggles. The prince was deadly serious, emphasizing the earnestness of his proposal by reminding her one day she would be queen. With a small voice inside her head, while a small voice inside her head told her that she would never become queen, but would have a tough life, she found herself accepting his offer and telling him repeatedly how much she loved him. Whatever love means, he replied, a phrase he was to use again during their formal engagement interviews with the media. When I read that, I died.
1: She accepted it, and that's what he said?
0: She said, yes, please. She went,
1: oh. yeah. I, it's so hard because when you watch this, you have to remember like this is her first relationship. Truly, mm-hmm.
0: she had no yardstick to compare him to,
1: and so in her mind, the man like she's immediately like. In th- I mean, if you think about your first true love, like you never really fully get over it. You always have a little bit of like that understanding of that feeling,
0: and yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> broke my heart.
1: I was I meant like real love, but okay. No. Um,
0: and so well, like I, I can remember,
1: real. I can remember just being like thinking I was in love and like the idea of what it was when it was like that first, you know, initial when I was, I don't know, 17, 18, very similar to her. And so if, and I wasn't necessarily treated wonderfully in that relationship either. So it's, and you accept it as like, that's what a relationship is. So in this Mm -hmm. moment you, you have to just understand that like, she doesn't know any better. And so she thinks this is acceptable. And every 30 year old woman watching this is like, get out, get out, get out um yeah, no. and so diana heads back to london she parks and she's immediately swarmed by a paparazzi so she goes up to her flats which she's currently living in somewhere called earl square um which princess margaret says only prostitutes and australians live in and it made me laugh so hard not because i like want to mock sex workers in any way but the the note about australians <laughs> being scandalous that was just like hilarious <laughs> to me um and all of her flatmates are waiting for her as she walks up the stairs the friends kind of like ask like so what's the news and she nods with the smirk confirming the engagement the friends start screaming and squealing like you would if any of your good friends got engaged and they decide to go out for a night on the town um in this scene which i think is such a beautiful scene the way that they did it um edge of 17 by stevie Nicks is playing which is hilarious because she's really like 18, 19. So it's so accurate in this moment. Um, There's a scene of Diana laying her head out of the window, just like breezing by as they're driving by Buckingham Palace. And she looks so much like original Diana in this moment with her head leaning like sideways that it's like bone chilling. And then it's also the fact of like, if you want to get into details of this white winged dove, like, and then there's this prince, virginal princess, and, like, she's going to get crushed and just all of it. Anyway, so um, they drive by the next scene. They're, like, screaming and dancing in a club. She's in white. And I don't think this is her bachelorette, but I think it is in reference to a bachelorette party that, like, because we covered it before because Fergie was at her bachelorette. Um,
0: yes. Yeah. Wait, no, was she at Fergie's bachelorette? No, I believe
1: Fergie was at her bachelorette.
0: Because they were friends. They were
1: friends ahead of this.
0: I'll need to I'm do like do more 95%. Research. I remember sure. that. On that. It's all on my notes, probably somewhere. Or was it for are you right? Am I wrong? I don't remember. I got I'm gonna go to Oh no,
1: oh right <laughs> no. Well, anyway, so I don't think this is her bachelorette, but there is like we have covered one of their bachelorettes in the past and it was very rambunctious they impersonated soldiers it does feel like it might've been a Fergie bachelorette the more we talk about it and not like the future queen of England's bachelorette. But anyway, so they're dancing in this bar. It's a super cute, fun party. Um, It just reminds me of everything I miss right now during the pandemic of being out with my girlfriends. Like, I think I miss that more than anything and it's super cute. She's super young. She's so young. And then um, as they're walking out, uh, the, her friends are singing God Save the Queen because, like, she'll be the future queen. It's hilarious to me a little bit, but also, like, a little cheeky. And she passes out in bed.
0: Um, but she always said she never thought she would be queen. And so I as when I was watching this, I thought it was, um, again, in Diana, her own words. Um, she talks about the night before the engagement was announced, um, packing your bags, hugging your friends, and... um a Scotland Yard bodyguard came to pick her up and essentially said, I just want you to know this is the last night of freedom ever for the rest of your life. So make the most of it. And she said that it just sort of like pierced her heart. And so I think when I was watching this, that's what I was thinking of, like her last night of freedom, essentially.
1: And it makes total sense. It's the whole time, like, if you're looking at this from the outside, if you don't know the story, up until now, it seems very exciting for the most part. Like, the engagement didn't seem that romantic. But, like, if you're someone who believes in, like, a classical fairy tale and you want to be a princess and live in a castle, like, we're hitting those check marks right now. But if you know the story, your heart is breaking every step she's taking into this life. And so it's a hard mm-hmm. episode to watch. So in the next scene, we see the queen and she's like, well, we have a rather special box of chocolates and I will now refer to my jewelry as that all the time because she's <laughs> referring to her box of jewelry for Diana to pick her engagement ring. And she mentions that some are Royal jewels and she calls them our own. And some are, you know, this vendor that's there. Um, They let her pick which one she wants. Um, In the show, they show her picking up a Burmese ruby. And she kind of looks it over. And there's beautiful diamonds and everything.
0: Looks like the one that Andrew gave Fergie. Does it really? Mm -hmm. Oh, how
1: fun. And then um, she ends up picking up the 12-carat oval Ceylon sapphire with 14 diamonds around it that we all know and love. Um, Diana's giddy and kind of like she just like stares at her hand. Like every girl who's ever been engaged does. There's just this moment of, like, oh, my God, it's mine. The queen leans in and asks, like, why do you like this one? And Charles in the background says, because it's the most expensive. And I said, seriously, fuck that guy. Like, just let her have this moment. Like, let her – So, like, he had to shit on the moment. And I said um, – and she says that she likes it because – um, it reminds her of her mother's engagement ring, which I'm assuming was a sapphire. And it's also the same color of her eyes. And we all know she picked it because it was the biggest one in the box. Like, we all know that. But Charles didn't so, need to say it.
0: Yeah. Um, in The Royals by Kitty Kelly, uh, she says that, so the price at that time was about $50,000. And the queen's eyes popped when I plucked out the largest one. She said, giggling. But I love it, <laughs> as like Diana had said that.
1: Of course. No. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. she intentionally picked like the big, big one, but yeah. Good for her. If that's the least, I mean, like when, the more you watch the season you're like, you should have 10 of those plus, you know, everything you want. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then we see the queen in conversation with one of her courtiers or like her secretary and they're talking about relocating Diana to Buckingham palace before the engagement announcement. Um, they also recommend that she get some princess training and they suggest the queen be her teacher as quote one queen to the next. And they also were like, it's also a mother-in-law, daughter-in-law bonding moment. Queen shuts it down immediately. And she's like, um, I'm too much of a softie to do it. And I'm like, you just refuse to parent. And as much as I do respect the queen, like throughout all the seasons, they talk about how like being a nurturing or like, um, Parenting, maternal, being maternal is not natural to her, and I don't know if that's because she has to be maternal for the whole country, that she doesn't have the ability to then um, be naturally nurturing with her kids. I think it's, like, duty over everything, and she just, like, can't even handle parent. It's very interesting to watch her through these. Um, But she, like, refuses to coach Diana, and she's like, her grandmother should do it. And I think it was Lady Fossey. Is that right?
0: Um... I think it's Lady No,
1: God. Firm, 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 firm Okay, I must have had have a... I, believe me, I must For have a typo then be. because that's what I was asking because I'm like, that doesn't sound right. So I'm going to ask. Um, we see Diana in another scene now hugging her flatmates goodbye based on what Allison was saying that last night before she heads to Clarence house uh, to have dinner with the royal family. The friends all give her a toast and one of her friends says, and to one day, not too far away, being the fucking queen and I laugh because I'm like I bet they're all dead and the queen is still alive because <laughs> that, like ironically and sadly obviously Diana's passed but um the queen outlives everyone so I don't think mm-hmm. she'll ever pass away um Diana leaves with like this weekender bag and it's and I put the, it's this overwhelming and completely bittersweet scene because it's showing the juxtaposition between her old life and her new. And she's literally like walking out the door of her old life and no one's assisting her. And she hits the doorway. Someone grabs her bag. Someone opens the door. There's press everywhere. They open the car doors. She's immediately thrown in, like driven driven away. And her old life is 100% gone in an instant. And it's funny that you read that to me because like I wrote this before I, you said that. And it's like so spot on, like white and black before and after. Like there's no gray anymore. Like she will never be able to have her old life again. Um, and so she arrives at Buckingham. Oh, go ahead.
0: So I just, you had said that they were like, okay, let's move to Diana to Buckingham palace because of the press. Let's go ahead. And then she, she, when she leaves her apartment, she's just like accosted by the press. And, um, I had pulled some like press quotes, not from the press, but from what she had said in her book and what Kitty Kelly had talked about. Um, but I guess when Charles – she was being, like, assaulted by the press, like, cost. They were all obsessed with her. And so he would call Diana on the phone and be like, oh, Camilla's having such a rough time. There are three or four journalists outside her home. And it, Diana said, she's like, I just bit my lip and I never said anything, never mentioning the virtual siege I was living under. So in 1981, as as they're in Buckingham Palace and or anywhere, like the press is just accosting the royal family. According to Philip, he goes, it's like a goddamn death watch. And the queen even said she couldn't go riding without being pursued by a ragtag band of reporters. So around Christmas, New Year's Eve of 1981. And that was specifically
1: to Diana. The queen was mentioning it's like this around Diana or was it like this around the queen as well?
0: The press because of Diana. Got it. Because they wanted information on when he was going to propose. So over Christmas, New Year's 1981, I believe 1981, um, the Queen said the idea of this romance going on for another year is intolerable for all concerned. And then Prince Philip told his indecisive son he had to make up his mind one way or the other before he ruined Diana's reputation. Fair. But that's why hey, a lot of people so are. It's like- so hard
1: for me in this. Because we'll get there in a minute. But like, I actually have a strong appreciation for Philip and Elizabeth in this season and especially around this. But I understand people being like uh, seeing both sides of it. And we'll mm-hmm. get there more. But it does seem like they're like, get your shit together, son. <sighs> Handle it. Um, so. She arrives at Buckingham Palace. It feels very dreamy in this like one scene. Like she's literally like they open the gates. She The car drives up. It's beautiful. Everything's lit like at night. Um, I put it's very Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> but like no romance. <laughs> and she walks up to her apartment with her little tiny bag. And I found it odd that no one was there to greet her. Um, like I think there may have been a staff member initially helping her like open some curtains and some bo- and some drawers and stuff. But like. If you're getting romantically, like, proposed and engaged and married, you would think that your fiancé would be there to be like, hey, welcome. Mm -hmm. Or maybe your sister-in-law or anyone to just be like, what a rough, you know, you want to grab some dinner down in the kitchen. Like, something. It was just so weird to me. Um, And then that night we... I think it's that night because she arrived in this dress and then she's in that dress again. Cause it's this plaid full length, like taffeta monstrosity. And so um, the royal family is standing around listening to Princess Margaret tell a joke about Imelda Marcos and like seashells. And they're like, surely you mean shoes. And she's like, no, it's seashells. And Diana kind of like barges in, which I don't believe this would happen, but maybe it did. Diana barges in and stands in the, like walks right through the middle of the circle. Cause like the family is like standing around in a circle, which is also very unnatural, but I think it's for the scene specifically, like, the way that they're trying to explain the royal of precedence. And so she like walks through and she goes to stand by Charles and he smirks at her and he like points to his mom, like, Hey lady. And Diana realizes from her mistake of not immediately curtsying to the queen and apologizes curtsies. And then she's like, Oh, everyone's real here. So then she pivots and like curtsies to the queen mother. And then she pivots and she curtsies to queen Margaret And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't see you there. And Princess Margaret's like, evidently not. I was the one who you just like ruined the story. And then she like curtsies to Charles and they're like, the order's wrong. And then she curtsies to someone who's not even royal. And they're all just, like, laughing at her. And initially, the moment was, like, kind of cute where they're, like, this has got to be, like, super overwhelming to someone. And they all have these, like, natural, like, sweet smiles on and, and forgiving. But as it goes on, it's, like, kind of cold-hearted and a little vindictive. And not the mm-hmm. queen specifically, but, like, Charles more so is where it stood out to me where he was, like, laughing at laughing his Yeah. And he wasn't fixing it or being, like, oh, hon, like, let me – like he never said anything, he never tried to correct her. It was it was um, Margaret who was correcting her. And obviously this is all like, there's no truth to the story, but it's it's the sad moment of you seeing her struggle. It's dizzying the way that they film it, which is intentional. So you feel her how overwhelmed she is in the moment. And um, the order of precedence is a lot to deal with, like for anyone in any regards, depending on who's present, who's not, who's married, who's not. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's just a good scene to show like how naive, young, and unprepared she is coming into this like situation.
0: She had said that in the, one of the books, she was unschooled in the niceties of royal behavior and felt absolutely terrified that she would embarrass her fiance in some way.
1: Um, that Mm -hmm. tracks based on showing here. So, um. They kind of like talk about how they're going to fix this and get her set up with some princess lessons, like quickly in the background of it. And then we, the next, it's the next day, and we see the announcement at Buckingham Palace. And I put the costuming a spot on because everything was fantastic. It was just Mm -hmm. like perfect. She's in that blue, like, suit. With this white That her mom picked up at Harrods. I didn't know that. Oh, that's cute. And mm-hmm. she has a white scarf on and she has the little handbag. Like everything is perfect. Um, and I said there's some weird neck work by Diana, the actress. Like she's like like trying to like nuzzle him. And I think it's based on obviously like the recording of that day. But like it didn't feel right in this one moment of the actress. Like it felt very fake and not natural. So I was like, no, stop doing that. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Um And so the reporters are asking questions, um, but there's this moment that stands out. uh, And the reporter says that they look very much in love to which Diana says, Oh yes, absolutely. And Charles while laughing says whatever in love means. And Diana looks like she got like a thing of cold water splashed on her face. And I I put that she looks heartbroken, but I think she's more just like in shock, like of like, what was that? And they walk Mm -hmm. out of the room, not holding hands Charles leaves immediately to go to Highgrove, his estate in, I don't know how to say Gloss Gloucestershire? I think so. <laughs> Something like that. Um, to pick up things before his tour starts tomorrow. And he's like, I'll see you at the airport. And if you're watching this, you're like, oh, they're going on a trip tomorrow for a tour. Nope. But we'll get there in a minute. Um, did you have anything historically to add about the engagement scene? Um... Or the announcement scene?
0: no it's interesting
1: so. to watch it because it's so similar to obviously like will and kate's and harry and megan's in so many ways of like the posing it actually makes me happy that kate wore blue and in a, it, it's just a sweet moment um and then we see diana chatting with her friends after talking about the perks of the palace they're like i she's like oh yes i have a maid and like yes i get food and tea and whatever and they're like oh Di, you looked great on tv And she's like, oh, you watched it. Did you hear his odd response to the being in love question? And her friend says, yes, but don't worry. He was probably just embarrassed being asked on TV. And if it looks like a duck, uh, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. (laughs) Um, So then it's the next day and Diana is waiting in a car separate. So I'm like, oh, they're going on tour. And nope, she's there to kiss him goodbye before he leaves on a tour for six weeks. And he just spent the night away from home and we'll figure it out. Um, He mentions that he asked Camilla Parker Bowles to get in touch with her. And Diana's like, your ex, why, why on earth would we need to talk? And he said, because she's great fun and the best company. Diana looks hurt in that moment obviously and he kisses her cheek and i put i hate him i hate him i hate him like that's his goodbye go hang out with my ex Mm -hmm. who's the best company
0: so this scene because you can see her she seems like really upset this is actually in real life what happens later on I guess I guess when you get to it in in the episode, that's when I'll go back and, and say what happened in real life okay. at, at this scene. But the the episode made it seem like they got engaged and then he just left. He actually proposed to her, and she went on a ten day vacation with her ten or th- ten days or three weeks with her family to Australia to a sheep farm because he said he wanted to give her time to think about it. And um, I didn't so, know that.
1: That's actually really interesting. When they do their Australia tour this season so oh, okay I'll be- i haven't gotten
0: to- uh did i watch that yes i did yes i watched that one
1: yes so oh, yeah. we'll have to talk about that one quite a bit because that's probably my favorite yeah. episode well one of the- there's so many good episodes this season but um
0: um so she this they were together he didn't leave on that that tour okay. and actually on that tour he was going to india and i have some some thoughts on that um But essentially, when she arrived at Buckingham Palace, there was a letter laying on her bed, and it was from Camilla, and this was, like, a few days before their engagement was announced, and her note invited them to lunch. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. It was during that meeting that arranged coincide with Prince Charles' trip to Australia and New Zealand that Diana became suspicious. Okay, so when we get to the when we get to the <gasps> lunch channel, I'll do some more. But yes,
1: oh sorry, um, I it is very hard to have any compassion for Camilla after watching. Or this. Charles, I do have compassion for him, and I hate that I do because I don't feel like he had a choice. But neither here nor there.
0: It's their PR has done a good job because I I and I think that's the crux of this whole thing is. Watching, I watched this documentary, which was only available on YouTube, about the royals and the media, and essentially what they did, what the palace PR machine, in order to get Charles' image back to good standing, because Princess Diana was so loved by the nation. Um, and we and I, I want
1: to talk more about that as we go through this because it's very interesting. My compassion for him is. Confusing to me, also because I also think like just because you have to suffer doesn't mean you can. You should have someone else suffer without being honest with them. Like if mm-hmm. you would have been more upfront with her from the beginning, I think it, I, I would have a lot more understanding and compassion. She might still be alive. Like there's a lot. Like there's a lot
0: here. Um, well, and so well, they're what they're saying is essentially they had spent all this time and energy getting his PR image back up to where it was. And now there's a whole new generation of people who were not alive for that and did not see that weren't, weren't around for the funeral and, and how just like,
1: Oh, this, this season of the crown is why I think that Angela 11 is like, they're trying to destroy the monarchy because after watching this, if you watch this entire season, you hate Camilla and you hate Charles. And he is to be the heir in like a few years. I would assume he'll be the king of England. Uh, 15, maybe. 15. She's like 99. How old? 95? Yeah, 93. Okay. 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 94. Well, I'm going to turn Um, Granted, my great aunt just turned 100. So, you know, there you go. it can happen. Um, so, Diana starts getting multiple training lessons with her grandma, which you wanted to say.
0: She, it's been widely disputed that um, she was giving any training it said that in reality Diana was given less training on her job than the average supermarket checkout operator
1: and in retrospect Kate has received training because of this and so did Megan and And there were a lot of interesting articles when Megan was going through training I remember kind of like being like she's going through less training than Megan or like more training than Megan or like she's not doing well in this training and I'm just like like Kate and Megan yeah yes." sorry between Kate and Megan and it was just like very nasty I thought too because I think I think Kate had more time, which I think Megan could have benefited from, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. In this, it sounds like Diana, like they're showing her having these trainings in the show, and obviously like what we're hearing is that's not true historically. Um, her grandma says, we're going to focus on history of the royal family deportment and sink or swim rules, including the order of precedence. Um, Her grandmother is showing herself as a hard ass and she's like, you cannot fail these. Like you have to get this right. Um, We start getting into this isolating cycle of Diana being super alone in this huge apartment in the castle with nothing to do. And I was thinking like nowadays, like with the internet, with Netflix, with books on demand, with like volunteering opportunity, just like anything, like it would not suck to be locked in a castle for a month. And I say that (laughs) as someone who's been locked in my house now for nine months with the pandemic, but or I guess it was like two months, but she's not like interacting with any friends or any people or anything. Um, Her staff starts to like walk in and bring in a bunch of mail and she is like so tickled all of a sudden and decides to actually write back. And I thought that that was like, of course, she's the people's princess. Like from day one, she interacted with people. Um, We see her taking ballet classes for fun. And you have to remember she's also a teen. Like, truly, she is a teen, bored out of her mind. She's watching TV, sort of. There's news programs that she keeps watching showing kids, like, decorating stuff for her wedding. And it's, like, the sad moment of these kids are more excited for her wedding than I think she is because her fiancé is not fucking calling her, even though, like, he's been gone for weeks. And we find out he has not contacted her in over three weeks of this tour that he's been gone for six. Um, She tries to call Charles' personal secretary, she tries to... And is denied. Um, and then she tries to speak to the queen. And they're like, she's at a function. So, like, we see this great scene where she's rollerblading through the, like, hallways. And this, like, pink plaid. Or I guess it's g- gingham. But she's in these gingham pants and, like, a, a hot pink sweater. And has a Walkman on. And it's, like, so wonderful and perfect. And, like, I'm like, could this actually be real? And... I think it is real. I think you said that there were-
0: She actually did do ballet in the palace. She had one of her old ballet teachers come and do it for like 40 minutes a day. Um, It was really sad. Uh, In one of the books I was reading, it said that she counted down because the ballet teacher she had knew her before she obviously was engaged and um, would count down the days she had left of her freedom. Um, But she did do that. And then I guess, uh, let's see, she, her Prince Charles private secretary said, oh, Everett was amused. He's the assistant private secretary, Charles Everett. Everett was amused the first time she bounced into his office wearing headphones and workout tights. (laughs) He soon, he soon learned that her weekly dance class took precedence over every other activity and that she loved rock and roll.
1: I love her. Queen icon, Mm -hmm. legend to quote Danny Pellegrino podcast, if anyone else listens to that, but like what I love her. Um, So I kept asking myself, like why could her friends not come by like her flatmates and why was she like, was it because they kind of like were wanting her more isolated intentionally because of like the paparazzi? Was it because, um, they didn't want, like, trust people with, like, new I, – I just couldn't figure it out because I'm like – or was she not wanting to ask for anything because she's so young and such a people pleaser?
0: And, I think it's that.
1: One. And so that's where I was very confused because I'm like, have your fucking friends over. Go, like, raid the hallways and have fun and giggle and be silly. And I think she was so polite. That's why I did not believe that scene where she, like, stormed into the middle of a family gathering and, like, screwed up. I mean, I understand that she might have messed up the order, but, like, I don't think she was that brash ever.
0: Um, No, she's literally more English than Charles is. So I
1: just – I don't believe it. Um, So we've been in this isolating circle, and we see Diana, like, kind of, like, with nothing to do at night. I tend to fast forward through these scenes because I don't really care for them. Um, But we see her break into the kitchen, binge eat a ton of dessert, um, and then we see her go upstairs and she makes herself sick. Um, and I said, I don't know a lot about her eating disorder and the timeline. Oh, I should have put a warning. Sorry. We will do it on the next one. Fast forward.
0: And I can I can do a, a warning. Um,
1: yeah. But the show is implying that it started before her wedding. And I don't know about the timeline. If you would like to now talk about that more.
0: Yes. So actually her um... – Eating disorders were pretty prevalent in her family. Her parents went um, had a, a really bad divorce and it affected each of the kids differently. And both of her sisters had eating disorders. Um, one of, I think, Jane might have gotten so, like, so frail that she had to go into treatment for it. Um, apparently, her eating disorder started after they, the week after they became engaged. So I have a, a few things. Um, in The Royals by Kitty Kelly, um, when he first saw Diana for the first time after he had originally met her at 16, um, he noted how much she had grown up from a 16-year-old girl, he remembered. No more puppy fat, he said. And she quipped back, oh, I'm taller now. I've stretched the puppy fat. Hmm. So then a week after they became engaged, he put his arm around her waist and he commented on what he considered to be her chubby figure. Um, it was an, an innocent enough remark, but it triggered something inside her. Shortly afterwards, she made herself sick. So a few things. She did love her sweets. And I guess Charles called, called her plumpkin because of the passion. And he was extreme – he's like super strict about his diet. Do Which remember? we will get
1: to in a minute. Yes, but yeah. Yes.
0: Um, and so there. remember that first – one of their first events, she wore the strapless black dress. It was the night she met Grace Kelly. And she – so, you know, when you wear a strapless dress, you can see mm-hmm. the stuff, uh, the, like, the extra breast tissue. And she was agonizing over those photos. And Charles jokingly goes, well, no more puddings for you. And it just – Well, that right here Inside of her that so, – so, this is a kind of – this is sad. But um, so, when Charles wasn't there, she would eat meals alone in her room. And the chef at Buckingham Palace was like, "Is is this not right? Like, it, what, she's not touching any of these." So then she started scraping off the food into the toilet, and but all like multiple boxes of Kellogs would be missing from the pantry, and a lot of stuff around from when she would then later go to binge would be missing, and they a footman almost got fired because they thought that he was stealing. And when she learned that, she spoke up and said, no, I'm taking them. Well, nobody believed her because they're like, you're so tiny. That's not not real. And it wasn't until the maids that were cleaning her residences found um, evidence that she was making herself sick did the footman – like people started to believe her story and 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 not blame the footman. It's
1: super heartbreaking and mm-hmm. um, I don't know a lot about it, but I do understand – I think from what i've read at a high level is it's about a need for control and clearly with him um mocking her figure and her feeling completely out of control and isolated in her new life it does not it's not surprising that some form of some compulsive behavior came up like as some i have ocd about like fabric and germs like and it came out when i had you know some trauma in my life and so it does It's not surprising. It's absolutely heartbreaking to watch. Um, It's very frustrating to hear that he, like, commented on her figure, um, Mm -hmm. which is the norm of men, I feel like. And when you were talking about that skin, like, under your – everyone knows – every woman knows that skin. And Christine Mm -hmm. Deegan famously was like, I had it removed, and I don't regret it at all. Like, and she was very public about it. But – and then you even think about, like – I don't know if anyone, Taylor Swift is clearly on my mind due to the album release, but if you've watched her documentary, Miss Americana, she goes through a moment talking about like the press photos and like, you see her like double click on a photo and like zoom in and she's like, nope, we're not doing that today. We can't do that. That brings up unhealthy thoughts and like just how triggering it is to be like, when we post our family photos of ourselves, we don't post the bad one, but when you're a public figure
0: paparazzi can, yeah There's no control so
1: flattering and so it's got to be the worst feeling on top of all this other stuff and i just i have it it's people have so much i imagine this generation will have so much compassion for diana so much hatred for charles that it's going to be impossible mm-hmm. for the next few years because the show is done so well that it's like everyone watches it and yeah. um so we're past that scene and diana is getting more and more mail, carts and carts of flowers, but nothing from her fiance. Oh, sorry, my phone buzzed and I was—I forget that you can't hear that, but I can, so it <laughs> freaks me out. Um, uh, Diana's getting more and more lessons. She's told she uses her hands too much as she's talking, as I'm gesturing vividly on the screen. If you guys could see, um, they're like that gives away your emotions, and you can never show your emotions. So. Per an old trick from Queen Mary that she used to do for her handmaids, they tie her hands down with rope, and they tell her to like continue practicing talking to break this habit, um, which is heartbreaking again. And then Diana is shown calling her friends that Charles hasn't called her in weeks. That and I put that's insane. Um, I continue to hate him actively. She says she's getting letters from all over the world, but not from her fiance. Um, she then gets this letter from Camilla, which I think is the letter that you were referencing earlier in true life, but in the show it's shown later. Um, and it's an invitation to meet for lunch. So we see them meeting at this posh little restaurant that only serves appetizers and desserts. And I put, I Do am. Do you know what
0: it's called? No, what is it called? In the show, it's called menage a
1: <laughs> Oh, I remember seeing that the first time and I was like, ha, but yes, no, that's funny. And it makes no sense for the, um. What they're if they would have to like be showing three things like appetizers, desserts, Mm -hmm. and I guess maybe cocktails, maybe that's what it is. There you go, maybe it's accurate. Um, but obviously it's a reference to the affair. Um, I want to go to this restaurant though because all I want are appetizers and desserts, so yeah, put out the boring I don't want the mains, I just want like, Yeah. yeah. So Camilla is like walks up and greets her. You see all these like other housewife-esque rich fancy people women eating lunch and they're all kind of like watching and it's just this moment where like Diana is by far the youngest person in this room um and Camilla grabs her and is like oh let me see the ring immediately and it's 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 what you would do with a girlfriend, but it's not what you do when you're the other woman. <laughs> and it's just and yeah. it's just so nasty. And this the scene is so hard for me because Camilla is naturally extremely charming and extroverted. And I wrote that she's like she's older. Like she's in her, I think, late 20s, early 30s as well.
0: She's older. She's one year older than Charles. So, so, she yeah, would so be she's 32. 34.
1: Yeah, 32, yeah. 33. And it's like an unfair battleground because like not to generalize women, but when you're in that like caddy, like you want to be on your A game meeting like a threat or, you know, some like if you're this 18, 19 year old woman trying to go head to head with this 32 year old, there's, it's just not fair. And so mm-hmm. we're going into this like argument and Diana is trying to be polite. And Camilla is being very over like gregarious over, like she's known her her whole life, very comfortable. And it's just, it's kind of, upsetting at a high level um camilla mentions like right off the bat that she scolded charles for leaving his gorgeous fiance all alone in the house and diana corrects her and is like well it's a palace not a house and camilla is taken aback and she's like well they call it the house the whole family and i go do they because i like googled that and i haven't seen that anywhere but i'm Mm -hmm. like is she trying to save face and 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 be like yes i know more than you or is she just like It was a weird moment. And so that's the initial, like, little tit for tat. And at at a high level, it seems very innocent, and it just keeps going downhill from there. Diana seems overwhelmed. Camilla is watching her and, like, looking over her menu, kind of smirking. And Camilla explains the um, concept of the restaurant and says, you know, appetizers, desserts, don't worry about eating pudding because that's all you're going to get. Um which is interesting that you said that he would say no more pudding for you. Cause it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. I guess a tie in, like, don't worry about the pudding. Um, Diana or Camilla orders and is like very extra with the waiter. And Diana says orders, like, I'll just have the same. And she's like, I'm very happy to go with the flow. And Camilla says, Oh, Charles will love that. He's so fussy and set in his ways. He'll love you if you adapt to him and interesting moment because the Charles I have seen is not actually that fussy. He's just not there. <laughs> so, um, but that's fine. And Camilla's smoking. She's always smoking in the show. So just be prepared for that. Diana's pushing her food around. Um, we're going through dinner and Cam- Camilla, or I guess lunch. Camilla mentions how Charles hates the restaurant they're at because they refuse to put a soft boiled egg on his food, which is a cardinal mistake. And um And she goes, well, you know, he eats that with every meal and Diana doesn't know this. And so like, it's another dig for Camilla. And then she mentions, oh, well, he doesn't eat garlic. He doesn't eat lunch. And Camilla's, or Diana's kind of like a little shocked. They're like, you don't know he doesn't eat lunch? I would have thought that was the first thing you noticed about him. Um, And you can tell Diana's getting like super agitated in the scene and she's pushing her food around. She's like stressed and And she just starts, like, eating, like, as as Camilla's talking. Camilla continues to overshare her intimate knowledge and says, Diana, you need a proper Fred tutorial. To which Diana goes, who's Fred? And Camilla goes, oh, that's my nickname for him. And he calls me Gladys. It's not a big thing. But it's like, don't fucking talk about your pet names in front of her, you wench. And then (laughs) um, Diana is eating all of her food very quickly, She's like, well, we haven't spent that much time together, you know, and we haven't spent any lunches together, so I wouldn't have known. Camilla begins to list off all of their engagements together. She's like, well, you guys met at this horse trial, and then you went to the opera, and then you had that weekend at Balmerle where you were a Triumph, and it is so incredible. And I can't tell if she's, like, just not aware of how awful she's being or if she's, like, just being awful. Like, awful. Like, I can't tell if she's, like, naive or and dumb or intentionally being this hurtful. Diana goes, golly, he obviously tells you everything. And Camilla responds with, we talk most days. And now we hit the pissing match because, like, Diana is pissed because she has not heard from her fiancé for weeks. And this man is calling this woman all the time. Um, Camilla goes, what do you think of his new house at Highgrove? And obviously, I don't think she has been there. So Camilla mentions Highgrove. Diana obviously hasn't been there. Um, And she lies and she goes, oh, it's lovely. And Camilla throws a, isn't it? And I'm just like, because obviously she's been there before and she's a twat and she has to say that. Um, Diana says Charles asked for her opinion on interior design for Highgrove, which is a lie. And Camilla is shocked and asks her plans. And Diana says, oh, I'm going to zhuzh it up and add some peaches and some yellows. And Diana... Camilla has this moment of, like, territorial, like, no, that's my house, you bitch. And she's like, well, you'll have to throw in the green. Don't forget green. That's Charles' favorite color. And so they back and forth, and then they talk about gardening. And, and because Charles absolutely loves gardening, and Diana's like, well, we'll have two gardens. And she's like, make it four. And then um, Camilla asks if she hunts. And she goes, not if I, and Diana says, not if I can help it, that I'm more of a townie. And then I put, this is where I'm like, here's my question from last episode when she was hunting with Philip. And she's like, I'm a country girl at heart. What is she? Because I don't think she's really a townie. And I'm like tossed and turned on this moment, but that's okay. And so Camilla goes, will you be living more in London then? And Diana asks, like, why would you, why would that matter? And then it's like, I put, oy vey. like it's a moment. And so uh, they decide to split the bill at the end. Diana's like over it. Camilla says, good idea on splitting the bill. I'm all for sharing. And I put, I hate everyone.
0: So <laughs> I just hate it. Hate it. So Charles had taken Diana to Highgrove and he took oh, he her had? on okay. a guided tour. This was before they... Uh, were engaged and he asked her to organize the interior decoration. And she was like, she, he said he liked her taste, but she said, this is most improper. Like we're not even engaged yet. Well, um, I assume
1: she was lying because of how it was acted on that scene yes. where it, it seemed like, well, I've done this too. And, and, but obviously it wasn't a lie. So I, I misspoke, but.
0: No, that's um, okay. Um, and then. Camilla kept asking Diana if she was gonna hunt when she moved to Highgrove, and Diana said no, and she goes, the release on Camilla's face was clear. Diana later realized Camilla saw Charles' love of hunting as a conduit for maintaining her own relationship with him. And where it comes to the country girl, she had always wanted to live in London. Like when she turned 18, that was her present to herself. She had inherited money from her great-great-grandmother, I believe. And, um, so she wanted to invest in real estate, bought herself a flat in London, had her roommates pay the rent. And she grew up in Althorpe in like the country. So she was familiar with it, but I think she always felt happier in the city. So, like, that's why she could be like, well, I'm a country girl. Like, I did grow up in the country, but that doesn't mean she necessarily okay. likes it.
1: It all makes sense now. And I hope if you guys are listening, you were able to follow that pissing match between the two of them that I was, like, trying to recap. But basically, go watch it because it is excellent bitchy women material, like, could rival any Real Housewives moment. It was just awful. Um, so, Diana gets home. Um, so Diana makes herself sick again at home. Um, my heart breaks for her. And then she goes to baby Charles secretary office and starts looking at papers. Um, Diana asks to speak to Charles immediately and the secretary is like, well, he's not available. And Diana's like, is that what he tells you to tell his fiance? Like just basically giving me the brush off. And he's like, no, he's actually on a plane right now. And Diana's like, that's impossible. He's coming home tomorrow. And the secretary basically lets her know, nope, he's always been coming home today, basically saying like, he lied to you so that he could have a day without you with Camilla at Highgrove. Boom, boom, boom. Um, And she picks up some drawings on, on the table and asks the secretary what it is and who it's for, or what it is. And the secretary says, oh, it's a bracelet that the prince is having made. And she goes, oh, who's it for? And the secretary makes a face and it's obvious it's not her. And then we look and there's an engraving on this drawing. that it has like an F and a G and a Fred and a Gladys. And her heart just breaks in that moment. And she runs to a room and it's completely filled to the brim of like flowers and deliveries. And it's just this moment of like, She receives no love from her family, but all the love from the world. And it's just so heartbreaking to see that juxtaposition between the two. Um, I think – did you want to talk about the bracelet at all? Like it's –
0: Yes. It's real. So so. this – interestingly enough, I did not find any indication that they did call themselves Fred and Gladys. It was because Charles called Camilla his girl Friday. And that is what that's for. So the reason that Princess Diana was – or Diana was crying after he got on the plane is because she found it right before he got on the plane when he went to go on his tour. Interesting. She asked him what it was about, and he was like, this is – I need to give it to her in person. This is my goodbye present. Like, I'm ending things, yada, yada, yada. So you'll notice in Diana, in her own words, she believes that the affair continued and in the Prince of Wales, a biography, he claims that their physical affair stopped as soon as he was engaged and did not resume until after Harry had been born and their marriage was over. Debatable. We'll yes. never know.
1: But it did not. It does not seem to be so. But who knows? Um.
0: So. I'll read you a little excerpt. Um, this was from a people article that had some of the excerpts of the, the a Prince of Wales biography. And he said with his fiance, he raised the subject of his relationship with Camilla explaining. She had indeed been one of his most intimate friends, but that now there was and would be no other woman in his life. His feelings for Camilla had not changed, but they had both accepted that their intimacy could no longer be maintained. The Prince asked his aide. Michael Colburn to arrange the purchase of a bracelet with the letters GF stamped on it. GF stood for Girl Friday, the prince's nickname for Mrs. Parker Bowles, whose role in his life was thus neatly commemorated.
1: It's interesting because they show a bracelet on the show and I tried to Google to see if I could find anything about it and there's some photos of Camilla wearing like a big gold bracelet. Um, obviously we won't know if it's the same but I believe this all exists in Israel and is real and This has got to be so hard because, you know, Harry's watching it with Megan. You know they're watching it. I don't know if Will's watching it, but I bet Kate's watching it in her private time. Um, So it's got to be interesting because, like, how do you go to family dinner after watching this when you know it's based on truth?
0: Well, the other thing is after these biographies came out and essentially Charles was – Essentially, said he never loved Diana.
1: I know It's awful. And we're like, how
0: could you write that, knowing that your two boys are going to grow up and read this? It's
1: so. I think there's a lot of anger in a couple areas, and I think timing. I think, I do believe that Charles has love for Diana and respect for Diana, but I don't think he was in love with her. Obviously, mm-hmm. based on his befa- behavior and all this other stuff. So, um, she's in her room with all those deliveries, and she immediately like picks up her phone, demands to speak to the queen, says the wedding needs to be canceled. It's a sham. It's a disaster. And they're like, the queen's unavailable. And I put fuckers. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) um, Diana goes and dances in her ballet costume. It's a bit of an interpretive meltdown dance. Uh, Things are spiraling out of control. She hits the floor. Uh, We see high grove and Camilla is smoking in the doorway, looking like she might be in a men's shirt. It's very clear that um, they just we're intimate together, her and Charles and Charles is leaving um, to head to his wedding prep. Um, I put it's sad, but I also hate them. It is sad. Like if, if they truly did love each other and wanted to be together and they weren't allowed to be together, it's heartbreaking, but it doesn't mean you get to continue to act like awful people. I, like, yeah. like just abdicate. If, if it's that important, not, I understand why he didn't, but like, and then we would have Anne, and it would, none of this would matter. Um mm-hmm so baby Charles walks into the church for practice, like an old man from the Simpsons. He's like all hunched over and just nothing sexual about him whatsoever. Um, if you can hear that, I'm really sorry. My Alexa is talking to me. Um, and it's going to talk to me again. Um, so he walks in, Diana is pissed sitting like a child far, far away from the family. Um, so she's sitting like a, like a, a, sad little child. Um, Charles walks up to her. They talk in the back. It almost looked like they were in the back, like, I want to say, like, where they hold the communion, but they're not Catholics, so I don't know. Um, and Diana calls him flat out about Camilla, and she said, oh, Gladys, and he's like, "You?" she told you, and she's like, no, I found the bracelet. He lies and says it was a farewell gift and that everything's over. Which
0: is what he did in real
1: life, too. A liar, liar, liar. Um, that he also had to go to (laughs) (laughs) Gloucestershire to uh, get the Prince of Wales signet ring that he is to give her as Princess of Wales because she will wear a pinky ring with his insignia on it. And he's basically trying to smooth things over being like, that was the end. This is the beginning. I'm committed to you. Like, you will be the princess. And they practice the procession with a fake train, of like, I put tablecloths, basically, it's like so long. And I forgot how long her train was. But it was really amazing. Um, Diana looks equal parts, apprehensive, pissed, sad, um, maybe a hint excited, but also just like defeated in some way. Um, the family can tell there's drama, but especially Margaret, because Margaret is like attuned to divorce, um, forced marriages and uh, cancellations of marriages that we wish we could have. And it is hitting her hard. And so it's the eve of the wedding and the family's chatting about it. And Philip comes in and was like, how was everything? And the queen is like, oh, mother and I thought it was lovely, but Margaret, you know, thinks there's a problem. And it just made me laugh because it's like such a normal family response conversation. Um, And Margaret is sad and says that Charles is in love with someone else and asks how many times the family will make the same mistake forbidding marriages facing others and like reliving the same consequences each time because every time it ends in disaster and she's not wrong like clearly this ended in disaster and death and heartbreak and Mm -hmm. it's sad because if it would have been called off we wouldn't have Harry and we wouldn't have Will so like you know grateful that they exist and you know all their kids exist it's just very it's so sad and so Philip is like that's it He's marrying Diana. There's no discussion and he will grow to love Diana the older she gets. And I can, I can understand that like argument from, I know, I have known people who have had family members and arranged marriages. Um, and they're like, if you're committed to it, you grow to love. And I, and I get what he's saying. And and he's also like, she is a girl now, but she will become a woman. She will become more attractive. She will become more confident. And it's going to be impossible for Charles to not see that and, you know, be, Goo goo gaga ga over it. And so um Margaret just says, Well, I guess I'll just have to juggle them both, inferring uh Camilla and Diana. And Queen Mother just like shoots it down and is like, Well, that's how it works. That's how it has always worked. And Margaret asks to call it off, not just for the sake of the monarchy, but for them as human beings. Like Margaret isn't letting it down. And the queen gets mm-hmm. up and she is sad. And pissed and concerned and just wants to go check on Charles. And so she's walking through like her apartment, I guess, or whatever part of the castle they're in. And you see these really terrible CGI fireworks in the background. And I'm like, Netflix, you spend so much money. Why are they so bad? Um, And the queen tells Charles a story about his great grandmother, Queen Mary, and how she was young and how she was going to marry her Prince Charming, but before the wedding, he fell ill and died. And everyone adored her so much that they like had her marry his younger brother to keep her in the family. And she said he was Prince Charmless, and there was no attraction and no love. And so I'm gonna I quoted this because it's very, I think it's very apt to explain how they view marriage for heirs in this moment. so and um, or she says, In order to make the marriage work, they were encouraged to focus on the bigger idea, duty. They worked and worked and worked, and out of that work, a tiny seed grew, a seed of respect and admiration, a seed that grew into a flower they could eventually call love. They were married for 42 years. They stabilized a country that was at war with itself, and they left the crown stronger while all around them, the great monarchies of Europe fell. Now, I cannot claim to be the most intuitive mother, but I do think I know when one of my children is unhappy. Whatever wretchedness you are feeling now, whatever doubts you harbor, if you could follow the example of your great-grandmother, love and happiness will surely follow. Charles looks down, and then he looks at his mom, and he is crying, and it's actually really sad in this moment, and um, my heart breaks for him a little bit and then it's the next day and we see Diana and she wakes up alone and i'm like why is she alone where are her sister her mother her friends like she is so alone um the whole family gets dressed for the wedding and we see like queen mother put her shoes on philip and elizabeth are getting dressed and they have this like little moment looking at each other and i think they just know like the weight of the monarchy like it's like they've been in this moment and now their sons in this moment and they're the only people who will ever understand it um And I put, there's so much weight and there's so much duty. And I said, oh my God, we see Diana. And the dress is amazing. And the recreation is spot on. She looks stunning. The makeup is beautiful. And then we hear a voiceover from the priest. And I quoted this. And I think, think, is this real?
0: I think it is real. I think it's actually from their wedding. It's so
1: uncomfortable, but it's also like... So perfect in this moment. And it closes out the scene or the show episode perfectly. So I'm going to read it. Um, Here is the stuff of which fairy tales are made. The prince and princess on their wedding day. But fairy tales usually end at this point with the simple phrase. They lived happily ever after. This may be because fairy tales regard marriage as anti as an anti climax. After the romance of courtship, as husband and wife live out, their vows, loving and cherishing one another, sharing life's splendors and miseries, achievements and setbacks, they will be transformed in the process. Our faith sees the wedding day not as the place of arrival, but as the place where the adventure really begins. And I actually really loved that, but it's also mm-hmm. like so accurate. I'm like, we should have had that at our weddings. Anyway, um, but maybe it's a bad omen. And then we see Charles and... It ends on his face like stone cold and it's like, will he accept this duty and this responsibility or will he continue to be a selfish asshole? And we all know the answer. And um, they play Edge of Seventeen and they close it out. Thoughts?
0: Oh, Okay, so um, this is true. The Monday before the wedding, Diana did seriously consider calling the entire wedding off. So when she is like wanting to call the queen saying, I don't want to do this anymore. she had lunch, so their wedding was on a Wednesday. She had lunch with her sisters on a mon- on Monday night, and, or lunch, Monday afternoon, and she considered calling off the wedding. They made light of her fears and premonitions of the disaster which lay ahead and go, bad luck, Dutch, they said, using her family nickname for their younger sister, your face is on the tea towels, so you're too late to chicken out. Can you so, imagine
1: the scandal, though, had she done that?
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, also- Prince Charles didn't want to go through with it, but he said he felt that he had a duty to go through with it. So um, in regards to the fireworks, the night before the wedding, the royal family gathered on the balcony of Buckingham Palace for the largest display of fireworks since World War II's blitz. (laughs) Um, The other things that were very interesting is, as Diana said, that she was on her way to... To get married, she said, I felt like I was a lamb to the slaughter. I knew it, and I couldn't do anything about it. Or a stag
1: on the hills of Scotland. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So there were a few other things that were really interesting to me, Um, how you said that Charles and Camilla looked like they were canoodling or had just canoodled or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, There are rumors that in the night before the wedding, Camilla and Charles actually spent together in Buckingham Palace. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a part of Prince Charles' biography. It said 12 years later, it was reported that the prince had spent his wedding eve in Buckingham Palace with Camilla. In fact, on the eve of his wedding, the prince stood at the window of the palace with one of the queen's ladies-in-waiting. They looked down the mall where already the sense of tomorrow was at the hand, the flags, the barricades, the huddles of people. According to his companion, he was in a contemplative mood. contemplative mood, not at all elated, but aware that a momentous day was upon him clear about his duty and filled with concern for his bride at the test she was to face.
1: He was not thinking about his bride while he was hanging out with Camilla the night before his wedding. That is such a lie. There's such a lie. Additionally, I don't know if they slept together. We won't know like, and I could see either way. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a friend that you've been so close to where you've had those moments where like, just like of the male variety or I guess opposite sex or whatever you're attracted to. Um, that in those moments before something serious happens, you spend time with them, not your partner. Um, And I know that sounds so weird, but like, I just remember I had a guy friend, nothing ever happened with him. But the night before he was deployed, he came to my house. He didn't go to his girlfriend's house. He didn't come to his parents' house. He just sat on my bed and like talked to me before he left. It was very weird. I'm like, of all the places, like, why are you at my house? Um, And so I wonder if they were ever able to achieve like Friends without into like
0: that's what they say. I, I and maybe they did spend the night together and nothing happened, but honestly, you're like, you probably should not be there. No, I, like, think it's, you're I think it's incredibly
1: husband? selfish, and and she, you know, has ch- children and a husband as well. And like, we covered that mm-hmm. in the last episode. Like, what better things do you have to do? Oh, I'm you know, a wife and a mother, like, yeah, it's just. I don't know if part of her was envious of the fact that this young girl is getting to become queen and and she wasn't, but obviously she will be.
0: Um, queen consort, possibly. I don't think they should
1: call her queen. I know that sounds so weird. I just find they, it so nasty. Like this whole situation does not feel rewarding. Like she should not yeah. be rewarded. I um he should not be rewarded. Let's like (laughs) let's put it that way. Like let's not put the onus on her. I mean, granted, she also isn't a like I shouldn't be blaming just her. Like he was the one who like orchestrated this and hurt Diana, but like it's very hard to want to see him on
0: throne now. I have a few more notes that are kind of interesting. So this, the signet ring engraved with the Prince of Wales, it's the feathers is is an actual thing that he gave her. Um, So he gave it to her the night before the wedding with a note that said, I'm so proud of you, and when you come up, I'll be there at the altar for you tomorrow. Just look him in the eyes and knock him dead. And he was hoping that that would help soothe her.
1: God, if only they would have showed any of this in the episode, it would have made it a little bit, like, easier to take.
0: Yeah. Well, also, he was having – uh, let's see, he was, he visited Anne, and she was literally, like, about to have her second child, and he was, like, contemplating whether or not he should go through with it. And according to Kitty Kelly's and the royal in the Royals, she goes, Charles, you've got to play the hand you're dealt. Then she repeated Queen Victoria's advice to her daughter on how to survive the act of love. Just close your eyes and think of England. Um and then i think that's the thing he
1: never got like he never understood that it wasn't about him it was about England. Well, And had
0: they like, gone into this being like, hey, Diana, like, I know you're really infatuated with me, like, but we have to do this. This is a bit, this is more of a business contract. He led her to believe that he was so in love with her, too. And I don't but know. She also I, I don't know if he too. had
1: moments where he did actually like have feelings for her. I believe he did. I think he has, a, I mean, now that he's with Camilla, he has to be like, I never loved her. I mean, like, I think it's very, it's very hard. Um, It's got to be hard for his kids. Like, I can't even imagine watching this right now if this was your parents. Yeah.
0: Oof. Um, And then the last stuff, I just wanted to uh, give some stats on the dress. So Princess Diana's wedding dress, it had 10,000 pearls, a 25-foot train. She had to be sewn into her gown because she had lost so much weight. Um, She had a 153-yard veil. It had to be stuffed into the carriage, and it had wait just 153
1: yards or 153 feet.
0: Yards. Oh my. Yeah, and there were 542 sequins and 132 pearls on her slippers, and for the gown on the crown, which was only shown in one scene, but it is iconic. Um, it took them four months to recreate five fittings, cumulative of 600 hours working. 95 meters of fabric, 100 meters of lace, and a train that is 30 meters long.
1: And we saw it for a total of maybe 30 seconds.
0: But, okay, so there – it must have been this time last year. There's a museum in Delaware that had done an exhibit on the costuming of the crown because it is so iconic. Mm -hmm. And um, had I – there was – uh, I was in New York City at the time and I was like, I could take a train to Delaware. I could go see this, but like it didn't work out in my schedule and it's no longer there. However, if they do another exhibit, this will 120% be in there. Well,
1: what's interesting is I um, am friendly with someone who is like Mark, chief marketing officer for a company. And one of their projects that they did was the digital crown archive um costuming exhibit for an art museum and she was writing about it it's very cool i'll have to send you the link and maybe post it on here because you can basically zoom in on any of the crown costumes up to like you know like the grain and see like it's very cool so um i kind of wanted to be like should she come on but i don't know if she's like an anglophile as much as she's like a marketing badass and yeah so
0: I just wonder if she has st- like it's just it's fascinating,
1: um, but yeah, no, I know this episode is great. The season is great. I hope you guys are watching it. I hope anyone's listening to this. Otherwise, we're just talking in ourselves, but it's fine because
0: there, it's I really, promise you, there
1: are people listening. Um, but it's really, it's an outstanding season. It's so much better than season three, which we'll probably cover in a I don't know a few months. Mm-hmm. We'll go back.
0: Yeah, we should, and I, I think yeah,
1: <laughs> season three sucks, but season four. Well, I excellent.
0: think we should start from. We should start from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, Let me yeah. finish some of these books.
1: Yeah, we'll go from the beginning and then and then slowly yeah. catch back up. And then maybe season five will be out by the time we finish yeah, one, through, probably. one through three. Let's be real. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. As always, um, if you have any questions, please email us or message us on Instagram at the Sovereignty. And the email is thesovereignty at gmail.com. Okay. Yep. And um, yeah. We'll see you guys next Thanks. week. Bye. Bye.